Hey, everybody. Welcome to the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy. Boy, do we have a show for you today. It is our year-end episode as 2023 comes to a close. Thank goodness. It went by so fast. It was an interesting year. We'll talk about it. But uh, we've got Michael Cohen back in the back room. He's going to talk about all things Trump, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we have some year-end awards we're going to be announcing and predictions. Man, we're going to have fun. We are going to have lots of fun here uh, at the end of December. But first, let me thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate you listening, and we'd love to hear your comments. So email us at backroomandy at gmail.com and or post on our social media, and we'll read some feedback next time. And if you like the podcast, please follow or subscribe, and you'll be notified every time we post a new episode. Here's some recent feedback we've received. On our conversation with George Santos's former communications director, Nasa Woomer, Joe Tarapchak writes, Great show. Talk about a case of nightmare jobs. Nasa handled it all with professional grace. On our conversation with Jonathan Carl, Eddie McLean writes, This guy is super smart, and he pays attention. This is why I like him. And on our chat with Michael Steele, Teresa Fantasia just says, terrific interview. Thank you as always, Teresa. All right, let's get to our two big things. The first of which is Nikki Haley. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. And we, I will always stand by the fact that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. Thank you. And in, in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? Uh, you answered my question. Thanks. Okay, so that was not a tough question, Nikki. That was actually a softball question. And uh, that was a colossal screw-up by Nikki Haley. She was talking to voters at a little gathering in New Hampshire the other night, and someone in the audience just simply asked her, how did the Civil War start? And she gave the worst possible answer you could ever give, mentioning everything under the sun. It's about the freedoms of what people could and couldn't do. It's about what the rights of people are. But here's the problem. Her answer was like basically saying it was about the rights and the freedoms of white people to enslave black people. I mean, it's a typical, this is stereotypical Southern answer, isn't it? To whitewash everything, literally. Hey, no pun intended. Literally. I think she's trying to get more votes in South Carolina where she is 30 points behind. Well, whatever her base is, uh, probably agrees with her answer. Uh, I don't think she has a base. I think she has no chance and I think she's irrelevant. Uh, I think she's a blip in the media's attention and... A lot of Wall Street Journal Republicans love the idea that they can get this, what they consider rational person in the White House uh, instead of Trump. 
but I think she has no chances anyway. But it, it's a you know it's a moment in time where we see who she is, which is great. Yeah, I, I mean, but the, what is the strategy? Like she's clearly trying not to offend the base, also known as the pro-slavery crowd, right? So that's her base. Okay, but that's Trump's base. She's not taking that base away, right? So at this point, when you're so close to the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. And you're down by how many points? What do you have to lose? And do you not know by now that you are not getting Trump's base? So when everybody says things like Trump's got 30, 35 percent of the party locked up, shouldn't she have been answering that question to the other 65 percent? Yes. I, I, I just see. <laughs> Shut I, up, Jen. I'm going to disagree and say that she only has one base to work with. Unfortunately, Trump has that base. And Trump is on one end of the spectrum, basically sounding like Hitler, and his numbers go up. So we know what kind of base they have. So they certainly are perfectly fine with slavery. Mm. Oh, Maddie, you filthy slut. I disagree with you. <laughs> I disagree with you because there's still the majority of the party, and we have a, a lot of those people on this show that are not Trumpers. The one thing Why that is you... no one talking to that group? Uh, because they're not primary voters. Well, that is true. They are the primary voters. But again, with nothing else to lose, shouldn't they be working their asses off to get the other 65% to the primary? How's that working for Chris Christie? It's not. <laughs> exactly. But they're not trying. What do you want me to say about slavery? Okay, for the record, Nikki, in case you're listening, do we think Nikki's listening? In case she's listening, or how many Republicans we have listening now? Okay, three. So if you're one of the, if you're either Nikki Haley or one of the three Republicans that may have access to her who, who are listening, how about this? Slavery was an abomination on our nation's history. It was disgusting. It was shameful. It dehumanized. It terrorized. It brutalized. It murdered black people. That's a good start, right? Depends on your audience. I think it's the duty and the responsibility for politicians to rise above their audience because otherwise they're just playing to the lowest common denominator. And as the Republican Party and Republican politicians have seen pretty much consistently for the last eight years, playing to that base has cost them everything. The momentum with Dobbs. You just start charting the, the course of elections since Dobbs. Pre-Dobbs wasn't great for Republicans either. Post-Dobbs, the momentum going into 2024 is so huge. This is why I'm not paying a lot of attention to all the naysayers about Biden and the Democratic Party. So being the guy who loves limericks, I wrote a little limerick. Do for, tell. Do for, tell. For Nikki. The question was not very tricky, though her answer was particularly icky. So tell us some more about the Civil War, but add slavery this time, dear Nikki. All right, let's get to Donald Trump. Big thing number two, pun intended. Four <laughs> 14th Amendment. Still haunting him. Last night, Maine. Maine kicks him off the ballot. And you have a lot of people saying, you know what? This is undemocratic, this 14th Amendment thing. But you know what's undemocratic? Inciting a deadly insurrection at the Capitol. <laughs> For sure. Trying to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. Trying to overturn a free and fair election. Trying to overthrow the government. That's undemocratic. Not adhering to the actual literal words 
of the U.S. Constitution, which is the foundation of our democracy. I agree. However, I actually still think the Supreme Court is going to weigh in, and I don't think that Maine or Colorado is going to stand, um, but we'll see. But here's the thing that gets me the most. I scream every time I hear this. It's when I hear these Republicans say, let the people decide. Didn't they fucking do that in 2020? How did Donald Trump react to that? He still hasn't accepted what the people decided. 100% agree, and I would love to take the challenge of asking some Republicans to come on and have this conversation with you, because that's interesting. Of course, yeah. I mean, Donald Trump has been indicted because the people decided, and he didn't accept it. Why should we go down that fucking rabbit hole again, right? You know, five, uh, uh, how many years ago, nine years ago, Donald Trump said, if I shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, I won't lose any support. <laughs> but now, with Trump 2.0, now he's saying, nor should I be arrested or prosecuted for it. That's where we're living. Well, today. he has total immunity. Why would yeah. he ever be? I mean, not Absolute. only- he's Absolute. He's just stating, Absolute. he's stating the obvious. It's not this only while true. he's president, it's forever. Forever. All right, let's get to our winners and losers. My loser- Nikki Haley, who failed to identify slavery as the reason for the Civil War. My winner, Maine, for finding Trump ineligible for the primary ballot because of his role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. My winner is Maine for doing the right thing and basically saying Trump can't run. And my loser is Chuck Schumer because we see a federal judge rejecting Bob Menendez's delay trial tactic. And we're going to see Bob Menendez in trial and... He should be thrown out of the Senate, and I'm going to have to blame Chuck Schumer on this. My winner, Maine Secretary of State, Shenna Bellows. My loser, Nikki Haley, whose what do you want me to say about slavery is the new I really don't care, do you? All right, let's get to our awards. It's award time, kids. start. My second Backroom Big Balls Award goes to Greta Gerwig for creating Barbie, the highest grossing movie of all time by a female director. The themes remind us that equality benefits both women and men, and we are not alone in our struggles. Honorable mention to Tay-Tay for supercharging economies wherever she performed. My award this year are going to be winners and losers for 2023. My loser for 2023 is American democracy, as we see red state after red state attempting to circumvent Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. And with the Supreme Court we have now, they're likely to prevail. My winner, actually piggybacking off of Jen, is girl power. We've not only seen this with the brilliant Greta Gerwig Barbie movie, we've seen this with Beyonce, we've seen this, of course, with the queen of girl power, Taylor Swift, but also politically, we have seen that reproductive rights have won on every ballot, no matter how red the state is. My awards, my malignant narcissist sociopath dictator wannabe of the year award goes to, drum roll please, Donald Trump, NFL football's hottest team, K-Tay. <laughs> uh, worst reality TV show, the MIT, Harvard, and UPenn University President's Congressional <laughs> Hearings on Campus Anti-Semitism. Uh, the runner-up, any GOP debate. 
The Fucked Around and Found Out 148 Million Times Award goes to Rudy Giuliani with a nod to Michael Steele. Uh, the Anthony Scaramucci Shortest Time Spent in a Job I Fought Like an Animal My Whole Life to Get, Kevin McCarthy. The Best Worst Economy Award goes to Binomics. The Wait, What? Slavery Was the Cause of the Civil War? Award goes to Nikki Haley. And last but not least, the most popular Brazilian Jewish soccer playing ex-Goldman Sachs Baruch College graduate drag queen real estate tycoon to ever get expelled from Congress award goes to George Santos, who, by the way, I texted with this week, trying to get him on. And And you didn't buy a cameo. Maybe one of the three Republicans can reach out to him. He's too busy. George Santos is too busy. George, if you're listening, come on. We'll have fun. All right. It's time for predictions. Predictions. But first... Let's revisit last year's predictions, shall we? And see who was right and wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> Trump will be indicted. Boom. Kevin McCarthy will not be speaker. Joe Boom. Biden will run again. Boom. And last but not least, I'm going to throw this in there. It's new. It's topical. Our Jewishy-washy friend, George Santos, if he's actually seated, he will be gone very soon after. But I'm going to I'm going to go on a limb and say he's going to resign. Hmm. Matt? Predictions? I, 2023? I have two categories of predictions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do predictions in tech and predictions in politics. Mm-hmm. In tech, I think Lena Khan, head of the Federal Trade Commission, is going to be a hero. She is going to finally really put the hammer down on Amazon and on Twitter for violating numerous things that Twitter's doing. A mm-hmm. uh, little quick tech prediction, Apple will finally come out with an iPhone that has a USB port in 2023. And not to be outdone, Google will come out with their own AI interface to compete. And we're going to see some interesting things in search. Finally, in politics, I agree Trump will be indicted in two jurisdictions, both the feds and in Manhattan at the very least. And Georgia. Uh, and Georgia. I bet I'm, I'm still iffy about that, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty more positive about the other two, but I'm perfectly happy to take all three. Um, and finally, I agree with you about George Santos. I think by mid, I do think he's going to be seated, though. I think by mid-January, we're going to have lettuce cam up, and lettuce will beat George Santos just like it did with Liz mm. Truss. Those are my predictions. Head of lettuce. I'm going local level. I think that Republicans and conservatives will continue their very successful local seatings, especially at the Board of Ed level, and that will play out with the continued book banning that you're seeing across the United States. That's my prediction. Cool. All in all, I got to say, we were pretty spot on last year. Yeah. I think we were. I mean, George Santos, let's ask the judges. Maddie and I both said George Santos will be gone soon. In a two-year term, he didn't make it past nine months, 10 months. So what do the judges say? Ding, 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 ding. They're going to give it to us, Maddie. That's pretty good. I I have to admit that I was wrong. Lettuce did lose in that battle, but overall we were right. And Trump was indicted in four jurisdictions including George. Oh, yeah. No, we, we underestimated. So uh, all in all, it's a good year. Jen, uh, you know, there's always 2023. There is. <laughs> well, so will, true. It's always good to have a prediction that's more daring because ours were more obvious and she was going on a limb, which is always a good thing. <laughs> With a prediction, I mean, you know. Way to clean that up, man. The sun is going to come up. Is that a big... Way to clean that one up. Um, all right, let's get to our predictions for 2024. Thank you. 
So I'm going completely the opposite direction this year. Optimism will prevail, which is a lot for me to say. <laughs> uh, the Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th, 2023, will lead to renewed peace talks and the initiation of a plan for a two-state solution. That's one. Two, Trump will be the Republican nominee and lose the 2024 election. Again, I'm not sure that's going on a limb, but that's where I am. And that's all I've got, people, for optimism. Uh, in keeping with my theme of 2023, my 2024 predictions are going to be in politics and tech. So in politics, I'm going to go with my global politics with a hat tip to Ann Applebaum. I think the US, EU, and UK are going to give the $300 billion they've seized of Russian assets to Ukraine, and I hope they do it soon. In national politics, I'm going to predict that Hakeem Jeffries will become Speaker of the House in January of 2025. In tech, I think um, Apple will reveal that they are not asleep at the wheel and significantly improve Siri, so it's actually functional with a little bit of infusion of AI. And uh, going back to my Lena Khan predictions, I am going to predict that Alphabet Google will take a major hit from the Justice Department's antitrust case. And lastly, with the conviction of Sam Bankman-Fried, I think and I hope that effective altruism is dead. Uh, my predictions, Donald Trump soon picks Elise Stefanik as his running mate. Donald Trump will be convicted in all trials. Donald Trump will not be on the ballot in November. Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle will split what? <laughs> Don Jr. will enter rehab after daddy's convictions. Elon Musk and or Kanye West will study Kabbalah <laughs> and, and convert to Judaism. 30-year fixed mortgage rate will sink to 4.5%. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey will be married, divorced, and her post-breakup song about him will be the biggest single of the year. All right, it's time for the weekly rant. <laughs> oh, wait, I thought that was more. it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> oh, the Israeli-Hamas war. This war is the first war in history where there's no logic and reason among those analyzing and critiquing it, where an overwhelming majority of the world seems to have lost any idea of what war actually is where the definitions of aggressor and victim have flipped, where the typical justification for war, namely defending yourself after an attack or an invasion, is no longer justification, where collateral damage, i.e. the death of innocent civilians in the aggressor's homeland, becomes the justification to condemn the victim nation, where it becomes a rallying cry for ceasefire and withdrawal. This war has stunningly placed support for terrorists and terrorism over democracy. It has left the world completely indifferent to barbarianism. It has conflated Israel's defense of itself to genocide, like that of the Holocaust, or in Rwanda, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Syria, and elsewhere. And it has conflated Israel's need to defend itself with a total disregard for humanity and human life in Gaza. But those two realities are not mutually exclusive. Israel, Israelis, can be compelled to defend itself and also care deeply about the loss of innocent life in Gaza. Those two usually go hand in hand in war. The world has demanded things of Israel that it has never demanded of any other nation that was attacked and who subsequently launched a counteroffensive 
in order to protect itself and destroy its enemy. And it has incredulously expected Israel to prioritize the lives of innocent Palestinians in Gaza over the lives of innocent Israelis in Israel. Who the fuck else has been asked to do that? Name me a country that was invaded, that was asked to show restraint. Show me a war throughout history, any war, even one, where innocent civilians didn't die, where innocent civilians weren't injured and maimed, where residential property wasn't destroyed, where the aggressor got to slink back home and call a do-over. You can't, because war is ugly, war is brutal, war is deadly, and that's why wars should never be started, especially the way Hamas started this war by spending hours and hours barbarically raping, torturing, shooting, killing, beheading, and burning innocent Jews alive. October 7th isn't just an innocuous date on the calendar. It's a date that will live in infamy. It's time for Michael Cohen. Michael is the former personal attorney for Donald Trump and served for years as an executive in the Trump Organization. He is host of the Maya Culpa with Michael Cohen podcast and co-host of the Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen and Ben Micellis podcast, and is a two-time New York Times best-selling author. His latest book is Revenge, How Donald Trump Weaponized the U.S. Department of Justice Against His Critics. He's also principal of crisis management firm Crisis X. Michael, welcome back into the back room. Thank you. It's good to be in the back room, I guess. <laughs> that's, where every, that's where everything happens, man. That's where the shit happens, right? Yeah. So this is our year-end episode. And in the opening segment, uh, Maddie, Jen, and I, we did our predictions. So I want to start with a little something different with you this time. Uh, I do want to get into the, the news of the day in a moment. But the first thing I want to ask you is, let's pretend it's November 1st, 2024. We're just days away from the election. Tell us what you think just happened the last 10 months with Trump, with whatever, who's on Oof. the ticket, who's not on the ticket. Who's on first, what's <laughs> on second. I, I don't know. Where's America at that point? Well, if Look, let me be very clear about this. I do believe that Donald Trump will be on the ballot, that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee. I don't believe when... People are in the voting booth that they will be able, even if they despise, for whatever the reason might be, I don't understand it, but even if they despise Joe Biden, and again, I don't know for what reason they would, but I think people understand that democracy is on the line. And all that you have to do is take a look at what Donald put out on Christmas. I mean, just think about it. Have you ever heard of anyone, forgetting about the person who's leading a, the Republican Party or any political, major political party, wishing everybody a <laughs> Merry Christmas uh, other than Joe Biden, Jack Smith, and all of the Democrats who should rot in hell? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty powerful message, and I think it really goes to show the state of mind. But then Donald shits and pants ends up doing some sort of a third grade sort of um, arts and crafts project where he fills up words in a Christmas tree and he uses words like 
fame, like MAGA, like King, like um, uh, dictator, mm -hmm. dictatorship, revenge, Power. and chaos. Mm -hmm. Just think <laughs> about those words, Andy, for a quick second, right? Could you imagine? Fame, MAGA, King, dictator, mm -hmm. dictatorship, revenge, right? And then chaos. That's that's what the previous 10 months have been. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I haven't even gotten into the whole issue yet of all of the legal issues mm -hmm. that will have played out, including the case that I've always said will end up going first, and that will be the District Attorney of New York case, the Alvin Bragg case. Mm -hmm. The, the criminal fraud case against all four of them are criminal, mm -hmm. right? You know, right now he's just finishing and we're waiting for, I think it's January 5th, uh, recross comes on for the New York attorney general case, but that's civil. Right. I was making the distinction between the New York state civil fraud case, which is Tish James versus Alvin Bragg's criminal fraud case. And I think you're right about that as well. Um, and that's why we're in the back room. Yeah. So, as someone who has been closest to Donald Trump than perhaps anybody else in, in the public eye right now, can you believe in D December 2023, given everything that has surfaced post-election 2020 and what has come out about what he's done during his presidency, can you believe we are still dealing with this guy the way we are? No, it's absolutely wild yet another recording comes out and i'm referring to the michigan recording mm -hmm. on the pressure to the canvassers for the fake electorate and you got to say wow wow it's eerily similar to what took place in georgia with brad raffensperger secretary of state the only thing that changes is the location and the names of the people but the same desire by Donald to retain power, something that I said in 2018 when I testified before the House Oversight Committee, I said to the American people and to those people that laughed at me and mocked me and decided that they were going to you know, question my credibility, I stated in no uncertain terms that my biggest fear is that if Donald Trump should lose in 2020, that there will never be a peaceful transfer of power. Those words came out of my mouth mm -hmm. before anybody else. And the number of people that said, oh, shut up already. You know, I know we know you hate him, yada, 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 right? Look at exactly what's happening. I told you the man will never leave office, not willingly. And where are we now? Starting 2024, we're in the final stretch to the next election, and Donald Trump is validating every single thing that I had said. What do you think a Trump 2.0 would be like, given what we what you just said about the word bubble, you know, what the 10 months are going to look like prior to the election? How bad, in your estimation, w will it be? More dangerous and more chaotic than 2016 through 2020. Sadly, when they say that democracy is on the line, yes, you know, it's something that I wrote about, for example, in my book, Revenge, how Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. And I bring that up because 
it's a word that Donald Trump used in that specific tree art project that he created. Revenge. And I don't want people, I don't want your listeners to say, oh, it's Michael Cohen saying it, therefore it's got to be true. Oh, it's Andy saying it, it's got to be true. No, no, no. Don't listen to either Andy. Don't listen to Michael Cohen. Don't listen to any of the media pundits or any of the lawyers or anybody that you see on television or listen to. Listen to Donald Trump's own words when he says, I will be your retribution. And he is going to seek revenge on anyone and everyone who he feels has done him wrong. Look, I'm not the one that said, I want to execute former Joint Chief of Staff General Mark Milley. That's Donald. He wants to execute right, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence. He wants to jail, throw into lock his ass up, send him to Gitmo. Right? He wants to send the, the president and CEO of MSNBC. He wants to lock him up. For what? Because he doesn't like what MSNBC is saying? How many more people do you think that are going to get there? I can't even begin to tell you how many names that Donald has already thrown out that he will seek revenge on. So God forbid he becomes president again, forgetting about just losing Roe versus Wade. I mean, the fact that my daughter has less rights than my deceased grandmother of 20 years should really concern the listeners as well. But put that aside, the reason I bring up my book, Revenge, it is a forensic dissection of the most corrupt prosecution in at least the last 100 years, where Donald Trump figured out with a willing and complicit bloviated attorney general, and I'm talking about Bill Barr, weaponized the Department of Justice and remanded me back to prison because I refused to waive my First Amendment constitutional right. Now, I bring this up. Why? Because here's another thing that, again, Donald von Schitzenpants uh, turned around and told the public. No joke. This is what Donald had said. He turned around and he said that on day number one, he's going to rewrite the Constitution. That's messed up. First of all, he's illiterate. So how he's going to rewrite the Constitution, I don't know. But he does know one thing. He's going to strip the judiciary and he wants to strip the um, legislative branches of their co-equal power under the formation under the Constitution and confer all power to the executive branch. So what does that end up doing, Andy? We've now just created a king, yeah, a an monarchy, a dictator. It's, it's, that's correct. It's the destruction of our democracy and the creation of a brand new United United States of America, or what he will refer to as the United States of Trump, mm -hmm. as our dictator, the Fuhrer, monarch, supreme leader, whatever the fuck that you want to call the guy, mm -hmm. right? And we will all be standing in the street screaming out, Heil Schittler. I want, to, I want to ask you about what you were, we were talking about before, what you said about Mark Milley and Pence. Cause this is, oh, this... I didn't say it. I'm only, I'm only repeating what Donald no, no, right, said. You, right. We know that Donald Trump has a, a big mouth. I want to ask you this, because this gets, cuts to the heart of the matter that we're all talking about, that we all fear when we hear retribution, I am your revenge, all that. But do you think 
Donald Trump has it in him to actually have people killed. Let me be very clear about something. When I brought up my book, Revenge, I bring it up. What I'm telling you that he says that he's going to do, he did it to me. So if he can do it to me, why won't he do it to you? Why do you think that if he confers all power of the government to himself, that there's nothing that he's not willing to do? Do you think he cares about your life? Do you think he cares about anyone's life? Mm -hmm. The answer is no. Well, that's what I'm getting Donald at. Donald doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything other than himself. But is, he, is he capable? You know, we, we've talked about him being a mob boss, Every you know, all the comparisons. Mob bosses put out hits, right? They order people dead. Do you think he would go to that extreme if he feels threatened enough? Absolutely. I, I don't think he would hesitate for a second. Now, let me be clear about something. He won't do it himself. He's, he's, not, he's not as tough as he wants to portray himself. He's never had a fight in his life, never had a physical altercation in his life. Even when he would want to fire somebody at Trump Org, he would have me come do it, or he would have somebody else do it. He didn't fire people. He doesn't like confrontation but he's very quick to order someone else to do it. Hence, again, my references to him as a mob boss. Right. But he's no Gotti and big Paul Castellano, is what you're saying. No, I mean, that's, he's not pulling the trigger. No, he's not. But to order it, mm -hmm. he would as soon order a hit on someone as he would a well-done steak. Mm -hmm. That's pretty fucking chilling, though. Yeah, well, it is what it is, right? And this is the guy who's leading in every time something crazy comes out that would be a disqualifier to anyone else. Why is that? Why is that the reality we're, we're dealing with? Uh, he's created a cult, and there are people who are so knee-deep into that dumpster cult of Donald that they cannot extricate themselves, no matter what he does. Let me give you another line of Donald Trump. And again... I bring up these lines, not because it's me saying it. I'm just repeating factual statements made by him to prove a point. I can kill someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. Mm -hmm. Absolute immunity. Chilling. What do you think about Chilling. absolute immunity? Where do you think that's going to go? Well, it's a stupid argument uh, in and of itself. Of course, it's being promoted by a ridiculous lawyer. You know, I'm referring to Alina Haba, you know, who <laughs> thinks that, you know, after her stint with Donald, what will happen to her is the same thing that's happened to everyone. I mean, look at what's now happened to um, Ch uh, Chesbro, right? Another lawyer Donald threw under the bus that will probably see, like myself, jail time. How many more people? Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani. Think about him. America's mayor bankrupt, befuddled, babbling bullshit all day long. What do you think's going to happen to Haba? First of all, right, she forgot to fill out a box, which is why the New York Attorney General case is before just Judge Ngoron via bench trial as opposed to a jury trial. Do you really think that when he gets his ass handed to him with a five, six, seven hundred million dollar verdict, do you think that he's not going to 
Suhaba for malpractice? You joking? She thinks that she's sort of in this, as Robert De Niro would have had it, right? The circle of trust, right? From Meet the Fockers. There's no circle of trust. What does he know her for? A year? A year and a half? 15 years. And look how fast, look how fast he threw me under the bus when he was president of the United States. What happens if and when he loses the general election? And now he has not, you know, one, not two, not three, but four, possibly five criminal cases that he's looking at without the fifth case, 705 years as potential incarceration. Now, we all know that that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. But even five years, three years on a guy who will be 80 years old. Mm -hmm. So as a former insider, because this conversation is another one that fascinates me, you know the landscape, you know the dynamics. Why do people keep buying their tickets to the Titanic, even when they're getting the iceberg discount? Like they know where the ship is headed, right? But yet, Haba, others, they still gravitate to him. I don't get it. One by one, they throw their lives and legacies away. They're all buying into the notion that he is going to win. And by hooking yourself into the Titanic, maybe, maybe this time the captain of the ship will steer around the iceberg and you will end up as an oligarch, as one of the insiders with the power, with the power to do and be anything that you want, which, of course, none of them could have been outside of latching on to Donald. Of course, he's never going to let them take a spotlight because that, of course, would take away from him. So you have a real, they have a real issue. And I will tell you something as well, something that I've said quite a bit on you know, my podcast, Mea Culpa. One of the big issues that, really people are ignoring Donald Trump is technically a copycat so when i say that what am i referring to let me start just say one one aspect and that would be look at what mohammed bin salman did when he became crown prince in saudi arabia he took all of his relatives all of the wealth of Saudi Arabia, all those individuals that possessed the wealth, and he brought them to the Ritz, put them on the floor on little mattresses, and he kept them there until they signed over their wealth to him, or at least a substantial amount of it, all claiming fraud against the country. And he was now going to take the money back. Well, it's one thing if you're taking the money back because the country needs the money mm -hmm. and that's the only way it's going to survive. No, no, no. He went ahead. He bought a $500 million home in France near the Louvre. He bought a $500 million painting because everybody needs one of those. And he bought a $500 million yacht. $1.5 billion he spent 24 hours of being crown prince. Not bad. What do you think Donald's going to do? Zuckerberg, 
Elon Musk. He's going to take, you know, um, <laughs> you you name it. He's going to take um, Bezos. And oh, again, they say to me, stop. That's like something out of a South Park episode or out of a really bad House of Cards episode. When he has the full power of the United States government under his control, not as president of the United States, with a judiciary or a legislative branch to stop him. What stops someone who's going for the fame? And the fame in this case would be the richest man in the world ever, ever, MAGA. But let me go back to the other words, king, dictator, dictatorship, right? And revenge, revenge against all of them because they didn't support him enough. Don't think it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And he will exact revenge on anyone who he has or believes did wrong by him. So how do you explain his opponents who are down 20, 30, 40, 50 points who have no shot of getting his base while he's alive? Why aren't they coming out more forcefully, reminding the other 65% of the party's voters all of these uh, existential threats and dangers of Donald Trump? Because MAGA doesn't care. Why are they still kissing his ass? Because MAGA doesn't care. In fact, the way that everybody describes, other than Chris Christie, who is and has been for a long time uh, very critical of Donald, and really the only one that's out there right now who really knows Donald, they're kissing his ass because they're basically auditioning for a position in government, be it vice president, be it secretary of state, be it something. That's what they're doing. But I could see Ramaswamy wanting that. But would someone like Nikki Haley really want to be in a Trump administration? Vice president? Trust me. Trust me, if they believed that Donald had a shot, 100%. And if Donald asks Nikki Haley, I don't care what she says. If Donald asks Nikki Haley to be his vice presidential running mate, she's going to jump at the opportunity. Now, DeSantis, despite the attacks on him, the sanctimonious, the snot-nosed, the shithead, whatever Donald has called him so far, he'd like to be attorney general. Now, this is a bigger problem, too. Here I go again with another line from Donald that, again, falls into this smorgasbord of danger that he brings to the table. When Donald Trump turned around and said that he's going to demand that every single person that he brings with him in the transition, and there's like close to 2,000 people in the transition— each and every one of them are going to have to sign a loyalty oath to him. Do I need to go again? King, dictator, monarch, you're a supreme leader, whatever you want to call it. Sign a loyalty oath to one man? Does Johnny, does Ma- does Johnny like McEntee hand those forms out? Yeah, I'm sure Johnny McEntee will. And by the way, another thing that he said, he, he believes that all the January 6th insurrectionists are not insurrectionists, but rather patriots. 
that goes right back to MAGA. Because what is really MAGA? MAGA is his army. That's what, that's what, they, are. That's what they are to him. They are his army. So what do you think the Supreme Court does with absolute immunity and the 14th Amendment? Well, first of all, I don't think anybody has absolute immunity. And when it comes to the 14th Amendment, you know, it's a much more difficult issue. If the Supreme Court removes from this issue the fact that it's political, then Donald should be removed from the ballot. But because it is political... I mean, in all fairness, the Supreme Court should not be taking into consideration that this is the front runner of the Republican Party. Then he would be removed from the ballots. But because he is the front runner of the Republican Party and because it is political and because it's never been tested before, this issue has never, ever been presented before. It is it's it's beyond a novel issue. I have a I have a belief that the Supreme Court will actually rule that he has to be permitted to be on the ballot. As I've said, whether it's on Maya Culpa, political beatdown, or on your show or anyone's show, I don't care if Donald's on the ballot. Makes no difference. We that's where we need to beat him at. We need to not just to have a, you know, a win. I'm talking about a blue tidal wave that just completely engulfs the GOP, the Republican Party, MAGA, because the only way to destroy Trumpism is you have to drown it. You would think that's not asking too much, right? Not if you want to save democracy. You know, everybody talks about saving democracy. 55, 60% of Democrats vote in elections. 30% of, of Gen Z and millennials vote. Like, that's crazy. If you're someone between the ages of 18 and 30, and you're looking at choice, you talk about abortion, your daughter doesn't have the rights your late grandmother had, choice, climate change, gun reform, gun violence, saving democracy. If those aren't enough to get the youth vote to 50, 60, 70%, 80%, I don't know what is. So you're 100% right. What's the issue with the Hispanic alleged? And I don't buy this bullshit either. But there are allegations, there are now statements being made that Donald is rising in popularity with the Hispanic uh, Latino community. And I say to myself, how? How? The first thing he wants to do, well, after, of course, rewriting the Constitution and making himself into the Fuhrer, he wants to round up. All of the immigrants, and he's referring to Mexicans, Hispanics, uh, San Salvadorians, everybody, round them up and ship them the hell out of here. And while he's at it, he wants to start shooting off. Mark Esper said this the other day. He wants to shoot some rockets into Mexico. Do you think he'll be any different than Putin? You don't think he'll try to annex Mexico if he became the king? You really don't think that he's going to try to take over Mexico? And he'll do it under the guise that he needs to destroy the cartel because they're bringing in fentanyl that allegedly 100,000 people, and it's a, it is a terrible, terrible drug. Don't get me wrong. But his claim is 100,000 Americans are dying each and every year from fentanyl. And I don't know if that number is right or wrong, um, 
I, I don't I don't know. But I'll tell you what a million people died of. That's COVID. Under his watch. Now, I'm not saying that fentanyl is good to the contrary, but he will try to annex Mexico. I guarantee it, because once he's the king, what do kings always do? They go for more land. History. Tell me about the new podcast, Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen and Ben Micellis. How did that come about, and what's the goal with that? So Political Beatdown now has been out for... um, little over six months, Ben and I were just on a phone call, you know, chatting back and forth. And I said, hey, you know, this type of a chat is really a chat that we need to have not between you and I, but rather with the country. And literally from day number one, because both of both of us have quite significant platforms, uh, mine with, of course, not just Maya Culpa, but my Twitter, well, X, formerly Twitter, and threads and TikTok. I mean, I have uh, over you know a million and a half uh, followers, and they do as well. So we got the word out there, and we've been literally number one in news on Tuesdays and Thursdays when we go live on YouTube on the Midas Touch Network. We've been number one in the world on YouTube. I mean, it's been a massive success. But the point of political beatdown is really to interact with the listener since it's live, Um, and to do what you and I are doing here right now, talking about facts, no innuendo. It's It's not my opinion. I'm only taking facts and reverse engineering them into the thesis, which is Donald Trump will destroy democracy, plain and simple. And not because Michael Cohen says so, and I hate when these pundits on television go, well, in my opinion, nobody cares about your opinion. Use facts. Use the words coming out of Donald's mouth to prove your point. And our hope, like yours, is to use our platform in order to ensure that November of 2024 goes in the right direction and that democracy is safe. So to that point, when you, because I'm sure you get the same thing that, that I get. It's like, why are you amplifying Trump? Why? Oh, I don't think I'm amplifying him at all. I am trying to educate the population. Literally, if they put their hands over their eyes and their ears, that Trump goes away, that he's no longer right. and the a same threat. people. Yeah, but Andy, the same people believe uh, that you know climate um, change and the tornadoes and hurricanes and devastation are the result of Jewish space lasers. Um, these are the same people that no matter what you say to them will tell you that Donald is still president right now, that he's really pulling the strings and he needs to be put back in office because only under Trump was this country successful. You're right. You said it before. It's a cult. It's a fucking cult. And there's no other way to explain it other than no. uh, in the cult. Racism is the foundation of it all. Scary black and brown people are bad. Trump wants to get rid of them in this country to the deportations you were talking about, et cetera, et cetera, all the bans, Muslim ban. And that's why we love Trump. And look who do. So, again, going back to that loyalty oath, you have now as the speaker of the House, MAGA Mike Johnson, a man who wants to change the country and to make it a Christian nationalist country. Okay, listen, I'm all for. I'm all for whatever religion 
that you want, you know, and to whom you want to pray to, but not MAGA Mike. Everybody has to be Christian, otherwise you need to leave the country. Mm. That's what he wants to do. There's a problem here. There's a problem if you're Jewish, if you're Hindu, if you're Muslim, mm -hmm. if you're Scientologist, right? There's, there's real issues here with that type of ideology, that theocracy. But he will be someone, because of his loyalty, which he's already pledged to, sure. to Donald, mm -hmm. he will potentially be the attorney general. Yeah. He's, and so he's a J6er. He's, he's an insurrectionist. And what shot, Andy, do you think that you have? I know I'm certainly going to be top of the list, but how many people will ultimately be jailed? Like what Putin does. Right. Like what Stalin used to mm -hmm. do. You say so. What Kim Jong-un does. Donald, like I told you, is a copycat. Yeah, scary times. So are you still doing Mea Culpa podcast? I see you're in reruns, but that's... that's No, 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 no. I'm glad you brought that up. The red Mea Culpa background is the old one. That's the old library. I moved the RSS feed about uh, two months ago. So it's the blue background Mea Culpa. I must have 12 or 14 new episodes, including I... Uh, I have one that's coming out that just dropped this morning with Lev Parnas. It is uh, fantastic talking about, you know, Giuliani and everything that went on in Ukraine because it looks mm -hmm. like he's going to get called to testify. Mm -hmm. But it's the new one. The RSS feed is now with the Midas Touch Network. I moved Maya Culpa oh, over great. there mm -hmm. two okay. months ago. So, yeah. Okay. And my last question to you, which is on the minds of a lot of people, where the fuck Who is invented liquid soap and why? Exactly. You read my mind. <laughs> where is Melania? Well, um, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I saw the photo of the family also missing was Eric and Lara. Uh, oh, I, I, I saw the, the dynamics. Yeah, you didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. But what was funny- I was too busy looking Melania for Melania. Like, where, where, where is she? I didn't even notice Eric was gone. Eric, Eric, I need you to go out there and go find melanoma, all right? Yeah, no, uh, you know, it's funny because Melania wasn't there, but her father was there. He's all the way to the left. That's Victor. But Melania's mother, Amelia, wasn't there, which I just thought was also, you know, quite interesting. Eric's not there. And the way that the way that the family was broken down, who was standing next to who? But one thing for certain, if you look at Donald's face, he looks fucking miserable. It's Christmas. You're in Mar Lardo, asshole. You're still free. You still have access to the bulk of your money, right? Enjoy. Enjoy possibly your he last can't. Christmas. You know better than anyone. He can't enjoy. You, you said yourself before, on Christmas, he's telling people to go fucking rot in hell. Yeah, he and we, we all wish him the same. Exactly. His insides are, are infested with maggots, and that's what you see in his posts and everything that comes out of his mouth and his word bubbles, whatever. I did want to ask you, You have a. are you going to be asking for a pardon in January? I am. Uh, I finished the pardon application as uh, soon as um, I finished just assembling it because, uh, you know, there's a certain way it has to be assembled. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to actually go to D.C. and I'm going to hand deliver it to uh, DOJ, to the pardon office. And I'm working on being able to hand deliver uh, one copy to President Biden's 
uh, himself. And you got people like uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin and John Dean and Norma Eisen who have... I have also Congressman Steve Cohen. Mm -hmm. I also have Nick Ackerman as well as Asha Rangappa, who mm -hmm. have all written uh, letters in support. I mean, that's called the A-team, not like Trump's <laughs> C, you know, C or D class uh, legal team. I mean, that's the A-team, if you look at it. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck to you with that. I think I'm one of the many people who believe that you have more than redeemed yourself over the years and uh, are on the right side of history. Anyway, Michael, always great to have you on, and I look forward to the next one. Happy New Year. You got it, my friend. To you as well. Happy and healthy. Take care. This episode of The Back Room was edited and produced by me, Andy Ostroy. It was co-edited and co-produced by Maddie Rosenberg and co-produced by Jen Hamoud. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Hollander and our logo was designed by Cricket Langell. And special thanks to Patricia Wind. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast and also follow or subscribe. Until next time, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards and have a great week.